want to know what a zero wrote in his family's receipts. There's no fucking money. You're supposed to be earners. That's why you got the top tier positions. So each one of you go out to your people on the street, crack some fucking heads, create some fucking earners out there. Yeah, welcome back. This is Good Earners reviewing The Sopranos. I am Maurice Hunt III with my brother Spike Lou over here. How you doing? What up? No, I am Spike Lou. Forget about it. I was trying to think of a good (laughs) slogan. I was trying to think of a good slogan. I'll have a better one as we start to do this more. Yeah. Um, yeah, forget about it today. Hey, now you came through with the you came through with the floater at the last minute. That, that like, was, it was a yeah, prayer. That was like a quick little like last yeah. one I could think of. That was a prayer. A teardrop, yeah. I almost <laughs> did a uh <laughs> well, since it was this episode when they sometimes what do you say? They think they take me back out. <laughs> they yeah, I'm right pull back. Me back in. <laughs> I gotta talk about that too. When we get there, when we yeah. get there. But if y'all don't know already, this is good earners. Uh, me and Spike Lou, this is our podcast. We review the Sopranos. We're giving y'all the black perspective, and we're also giving y'all a different perspective. So uh, glad that y'all return for all of those return listeners. For those that are new, uh, thanks for joining us. Today's episode, Spike, you want to give them the synopsis? Absolutely. This is season one, episode two, called 47 Long. Six. It, 46 Long, excuse me. Damn, yeah. got that wrong. 46 <laughs> Long. Mm-hmm. And 46 long, what we see is the mundane going ons of being a mafia boss and a mafia associate. We got Paulie and Pussy trying to track down the car from AJ's science teacher mm-hmm. after Carmela suggests. And Tony finds out what type of grades that he makes. We have Tony's mom, Livia, whose name I slaughtered the last (laughs) episode, but we'll get into that. Livia continues to prove that she cannot take care of herself through multiple incidents. And Dr. Melfi kind of urges Tony to confront his feelings about his mom. Mm. Also, Tony deals with Chris making some bad choices, and we see the stresses of being a mafia boss, and it may not be all it's cracked up to be. Let's get into it, Mo. Thank you, Spike, for the synopsis. So as we get right into it, we notice the fellas, they are in the, is this the bottom? I couldn't figure out if this was Satry House or if this was Bada Bing. It looked like the back of uh, the Bing. The Bing, yeah, Ooh. with the uh, camera. I mean, excuse me, with the uh, ca- filing cabinets and stuff. Okay, yeah. but we see that they're getting into it. They they they're having this this whole moment. They're counting up money. The bag is there. They're counting this money, uh, and now we're seeing the full crew. Now I, I spoke about it last last week's episode, but when they by the time they started shooting for the actual second episode, it had it had been picked up because the original pilot was shot in ninety seven. Right. So we, now we are in, you know, well, I imagine 98. So a year after and you'll notice how much more polished it seems and almost like the the level of comfort it as comes HBO. off as HBO. And as you watching the show, like literally from episode one or two, you see that they have found a comfort zone uh, uh, with how they have developed the script and, and the actors uh, roles in this. Um, so 
they're in the back, but they're watching this guy on television, and he's he's talking about John Gotti, and he's he's going into this deep dissertation about the mob being over, and I think that it fits the narrative to what we spoke about last week in regards to the whole concept of the show being in at the end. Mm-hmm. I like that they brought that back. It's almost like a reminder to let us not forget what it was the show is and what's going on and these reminders that they're having. Spike, what did you think about this scene when they were counting his money and they were sitting there listening? Tony was really into this. Like this was something he was really into. He's like, hey, hold on. The life. Yeah, Tony was into it. This was this is like a aspect of you know what they do like when I spoke in the synopsis about the mundane is they count money from a caper, you know, making sure the the logistics of what they do in mafia life is is up to par. And again, you said like this video comes on. Tony is very interested in it. You got this guy in the video who's turned from uh, mafia mafioso into a, a snitch per, you know, in a mm. in a world. Yeah. And what he says in that is pretty significant i feel like to the ending and and the abruptness of that and of course we'll get into it through it but the line that stuck out to me was he says you'll always have organized crime and like you said and we've been speaking to tony feels like he got in on the end of this thing Mm -hmm. right like he, he got kind of the short end of the stick but he's making the most of it but a point that's made throughout this whether it's tony or junior or phil or whatever boss that comes to it you're always gonna have mm-hmm. organized crime i think that was a big takeaway from that yeah absolutely and 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 i, well, I don't want to like i said i'm the goal of this show is to speak within the world of sopranos not really outside of the world but every here and there we'll just throw some tidbits if it kind of fits it what i do love at this moment is uh david chase allowing the audience to figure it out by instead of saying this is what's going on actually use the script uh like i've done this writing my own script where i collaborated with another gentleman and he told me when i start to bring on other voice actors don't say what you're doing use the other character to tell that the other character what's going on so that they don't have to narrate it themselves uh so i like that they did this here but here's a a a, a moment that happens that is one of those moments, they definitely kind of OD'd on it, but I still wasn't mad at it. So Tony's counting money. He's like, oh, man, cheer me up, baby. And Sil- Silvio Dante mm-hmm. <laughs> gets up and he says, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And I do think that in a way they. You know where that's from, right? That's Scarface, right? Or Godfather. I thought it was God. Yeah, it's Godfather. Godfather. Mm-hmm. I just actually, I just seen Godfather a couple of days ago. For the, the first, first time. For the first time. What? Well, we can get into that at some point. But did you see what? Well, one question I did definitely want to ask you because I, I'm not, oh, blown away from that. I know you were kind of expecting a, a reaction, mm-hmm. but I too saw the Godfather late. Okay. Did you see all of the breadcrumbs from the Godfather? <sighs> like every other mafia movie period yeah. like it's all kind of based around that and the stuff that you've seen in there did you see all of those tropes yeah yeah i mean the oranges we know that's a thing uh yeah. but you know what i took from it and just a, and this is all time back to sopranos i kind of utilized it when i watched it to frame the old times that tony's referencing of course yeah. we have many saints of newark 
we can reference that as a frame framing of what Tony's talking about, how the mob used to be the good old days versus now. But I also use the Godfather to frame it that way, too, like because we're only we're only bringing the understanding of the mafia through the entertainment industry of television. That's all we have to go by. Like, so I used the Godfather and I started to really see how things operate and how things move according to uh, that world. And I kind of used it as like a, a framing to understanding Tony's perspective. So I thought it was a really interesting movie. I plan on watching the second one here real soon. Uh, but yeah, this is a classic moment still. He does this every time they pull me out. Every time I try to leave, they pull me, they pull me back in. And I think obviously too that they, they're referencing that he kind of resembles, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. they kind of, cause they said that when he, for the role, yeah. For the role, we know that's a wig or whatever, but you know, he, he actually was up for the role of Tony Soprano. He tried out for that role. And you know, there's another actor in here. In this episode that did as well but so we'll, we'll keep it moving here but anything else you want to speak about in regards to uh this scene no we usually don't get a cold open and i think the cold oh, opening, yes yeah I, I i really i like the cold opening it kind of um sets a tone gives a pretext for the episode mm -hmm. with like what's going on with the outside world like what you were saying about building the character you kind of mm -hmm. get a glimpse into the world that they're living through that newscast mm -hmm. that was my biggest takeaway and that it was a cold open for it i like yeah. that and they and they you know actually i didn't like it <laughs> really yeah because it if it, it was uh it was very off-putting i guess because i, I, I like it it reminds me of Succession, The Office, stuff like that, where you actually feel like you're in the room with them. Mm -hmm. It ain't like necessarily a, I mean, all of it feels good and authentic, but the rest of it, it kind of feels like you're in that scene. You feel like a part of it and the rest of it. You feel like you're watching it, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, like like you're you're actually in the office or in the back with them with kind the, of exactly mm -hmm. okay i see that because yeah. i don't think they did this again do you, yeah, do you? i don't know if they okay did. i can't recall see but that speaks to that gap i was speaking of i think yeah. that when it was picked up and brought back to this moment i think that was something they were trying in the media was like nah we're gonna we're gonna go back to just having the intro come in right away right because i was like man that was weird I, I never noticed that in the first two times watching it but well, i thought something else that was interesting big p just keeping his composure this whole time like the things that they're speaking on on the news bro big p just i love that oh that got the news guess. yeah yeah just the newspaper chris is lifting weights smoking cigarettes <laughs> drinking a beer yeah it, it's just they these cloning and, and what that is yeah, it's a great that was a great like dialogue from the the lane of um what's your man's name that made up uh, pulp fiction and all of that you know oh man tarantino, uh, tarantino, tarantino yeah. yeah like very that was good dialogue yesterday yeah so the next thing we get into uh christopher and brendan they rob uncle junior's truck the semi truck it, it pulls up you know they stop it right in front and they grab dude out the car and this was one of the realest things i've ever seen and i i never i, I i've never seen this anywhere else when the, when they get the guy out the truck the, the guy says, hey, well, you can't leave me like unscathed. Like uh, they, it won't be believable if I just let you take the truck. And so they was like, all right, <laughs> we'll go ahead and do that. We'll, you know, we'll get you scathed and take that. But the weirdest thing to me is how much 
Christopher is trying to take on too much initiative. He wants to get made so bad and he has no respect for how things operate. We've seen that in the first episode, whacking somebody. Now he's robbing Uncle Junior's operation. Well, he didn't like, know that was Uncle Junior's truck, though. He, um, he didn't find that out till afterwards. You know? Oh, like, okay. What he's trying to do is establish himself as like, of course, like you said, he got that itch. Mm -hmm. I got to be a made guy. I got to be this. I got to be that. Brendan all in his ear telling him all of you. Uh, you should be this. You should be that. So this is an effort to impress Tony. Uh, they're trying their best to do what they think, what they've heard Tony do, do, do. And like we keep pointing to reminiscent of the good old days when this was you could get away with this shit. This was okay. Yeah. Like you could pull a random heist like this and it wasn't really associated with anyone else already. And you kind of make your mark. Yeah. What they're trying to show here is that so many people have made their marks already. It's hard for the generation like Chris to mm -hmm. even find a way in. Oh, mm -hmm. I already did this. I already did that. I already did this. I already did that. And Chris is dealing with those frustrations. You know, it's crazy because, I mean, it is foreshadowing when he's, and he speaks. I, and maybe this season, maybe next season, but he talks about where's my arc, which is one yeah. of those famous That's quotes. It. Exactly. And people even debate today, did Christopher Moltisanti ever have an arc? You know, some yeah. people uh, we'll question. Yeah. So, but yeah, it speaks volumes to that, uh, you know, these seeds being sown early. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. If they didn't know that was Uncle Junior's truck, then how did they even know that truck was there? They was just posted up. Like I, 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 I didn't. Said, they, they heard um, the guy that tipped them. That somebody tipped them off. Okay. And but the guy that tipped them off really was like on some shit. I can make some money doing this. Then after Junior pressed the guy that tipped them off, he told him it was Christopher. Okay. okay. We were kind of. They didn't say that on screen, but. Per the dialogue, we were supposed to kind of like figure that out. And again, you know, I've watched this shit six <laughs> times. Yeah, you got me by four more times <laughs> of watching 86 episodes. Uh, absolutely. So we cut to, uh, you know, I tell you, all, I told y'all last week, like I'm a fan of like the the Soprano household scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love seeing this suburban life. I'm a family guy, so maybe that's a part of it. Uh, but it's so realistic to me. And uh, I spoke to it before, like picking up certain things from Tony in my own personal life and just it's this moment. So they're having a, a regular old morning. You got chubby AJ, you know, they sitting on a little with the um, bad haircut with the bad. Oh man. He, he switched haircuts like every season too. Uh, yeah. But like, so, you know, she's in there cooking breakfast. They're having a conversation. And then he brings up that his teacher's car has been stolen. Yes. Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller. Yes. Carmella, this was <laughs> the um. Once you've watched the whole series, you will see everybody differently. Cause I swear, I I was pulling for her. She kind of reminded me of Tony's mom in this in this setting, like it, like the way she kind of subtly and like what well, this wasn't even really subtle. It was like, well, you should be able to do something about it, right, Tony? After the car gets stolen, um, the. Most interesting. Well, actually, Scott, were you done with the scene? No, no, go ahead. No, you the go. biggest thing that jumped out to me, and like again, speaking about it in the synopsis, the buildup of that we see in this first scene that we get Tony with his family, like you're saying, he's up early, he's singing, he's rubbing AJ on the head and shit. He's in a great mood. Mm -hmm. And that's a far cry from, you know, 
where we even started with the last episode of where he was and that was sitting in Dr. Melfi's office. So we've seen this kind of, oh man, he does have the potential to be happy to have this good quote unquote life. Yeah. And to step on the ending a little bit, it just spirals down the whole episode through no doing of his own though. Like mm-hmm. he literally does nothing different other than being Tony Soprano, but yeah. everybody else is making his life a living hell. <laughs> so he goes from singing and getting up early in the fucking morning to beating a dude over the head at the end, spoiler, with the fucking phone. <laughs> great yeah. setup, great yeah. build up. And you can just oh, yeah. see all through the episode, building, building, building. And I this love is, that. And, and it is like this is just your regular mafia lifestyle that we see you know uh and i realized in this episode that the way the way to set the the why if you can remind me when we get to the scene with with him at uh you know the bada bing and then big p and paulie to ask about the car that's why i want to kind of talk about kind of the layout of how how i realized because in in the mafia in the mob and this thing of theirs it looks seems like they do anything to get ahead anything any way they can benefit but i'll go more into that okay. once we get to that scene but one more thing i want to say is uh this you didn't see this that much but like this affection that he had for carmella right here like he's dancing with her in the kitchen happy, he was, he's he happy was, yeah yeah he even slaps her on the booty i'm like all right tone that's what i'm talking about dog take, take care of business even though we know he's still a dog out there but i liked seeing that like to me i, I like seeing that and you know I felt like Carmella was a top dog wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, were you were you surprised at her suggestion of about the car doing something about getting the car? Yeah, I was actually. Um, I was very surprised because there's this weird thing. She knows what he does, but she tries to keep herself at a distance to justify their living. But she but she walks that line when she needs to. She's a real manipulative character. Like and she's I, a yeah. classic white, like Skylar White. She like it, it reminds oh, definitely me Skylar White. Well, like this this whole um, oh yeah, he you should help him out. You know he's making a D. Well, she didn't say that. Tony asked, but he kind of and, and that's what I love about Tony. Like yeah. he sees the landscape in a whole. Yeah. And he knows that if Carmela's asking me this, there's gotta be a reason. Okay, AJ, what are you making in science? D ah okay I'll see what I can do and mm-hmm. then she immediately turns like you say oh no no that's not, not what I meant bitch you know exactly what exactly. you mean. you know what I do you know who I am okay thank you I'll go get it done for the love of my son and the family and Tony. yeah and Tony and 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 again it's like they they do anything to gain something anything yeah, I to want get the ahead. advantage I want if the I can, advantage I, absolutely he, he, that's what. That's what the mob life is about. We gain an yeah. advantage. We got the ups on you. On so you, now you playing in our shit. Yep. And I want to. And I want to. A side tangent. I, we spoke on our other podcast another week in the books, and that's what I wanted to talk about when you were talking about watching film and not wanting to see the hood stuff all the time. And I, I said I'll talk about it on the other podcast. And yep. So what I was referring to is this, where we see the mob life. Now, of course, we're not glorifying these things because either way, these are all crimes and people get hurt and things right. affect people in a really terrible way. 
but it's just the mob and the Italians, how they make crime look versus us black people make crime look unless you're like a kingpin and up there. I just never liked how it looks versus like how they make it look. You know what I'm saying? Like in film, but that is based on a reality. I think they really play heavy into the organized crime bit. Mm-hmm. Like black crime throughout history isn't as organized as they present Italian crime to be. It's 100% right what you're saying. Okay. But we don't, I don't think we have that the, the stereotype around black culture isn't as, like you said, organized as those guys are. It's not as sophisticated. Mm. There's not as many rackets to make money. Like they just kind of pin us into either selling drugs, pimping holes, or mm-hmm. murdering somebody for the bread when they, as we see throughout this, make it a, a million different ways. And they have different, the biggest thing, the biggest thing from that, I'm glad you said that too. They have different connections. These are the, the greatest thing. And what we've been talking about here is when Tony was talking about the good old days, the, the generational connections that they've developed, the way mm-hmm. that you're able to turn a trash route into a criminal racket, racket, or however you say it, they mm-hmm. have generations of being in situations and putting their guys in place. Now we can run this thing and really make money. Mm-hmm. Black people don't really have the opportunity to be the people that are making those decisions that get Tony money. Does that make sense? We yeah, see no, it later yeah. on when you got yeah. the black dude doing it with the hood houses and shit. Which yeah. that, that would be perfect. You know, that that's the angle that we would play in it. But yeah, you just don't have the opportunity in the hood with the resources that you have and the connections that like they make bigger connections. Yeah. Like they associated with judges and they're associated with people from the neighborhood. There may be an alderman or a councilman now. Like it yeah. goes real deep. But yeah, great does. point. And just to close that scene, mob guy gaining runs through Tony's head. Oh, I got an opportunity here. Yeah. I got an opportunity to maybe because we know there's a scene later, later on where Art with Artie Buco. He he calls it right off the spot. You you'll remember what I'm talking about, but there it was a scene way later on where Artie Buco said, You played this whole thing out. You knew at worst case scenario, you can gain free meals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh here Tony's like, Well, I could benefit two things. I'm pleasing my wife. I'm my son's grace is getting up. And that gives me a little bit more room to and probably I step like out a here. Good guy. Yeah, I, I look like a good guy and I, yeah. I might got a little more cushion to step out with my gumar. You know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? So all that plays is like, you know what? Let's get that taken care of, you know? So I just think that's funny. So we cut to uh, the fourth scene or scene four here. Uh, Christopher arrives at the bottom being with the merchandise. But I, I do have to point out here the, the immediate scene. We see the dancers and the yammies was crazy right here. Oh, I just had to. You know, I just had to. I had to. I told you it was going to be different. of yams. No, no. The yammies was there. Really? Yeah, you you must have got pulled up. <laughs> I didn't see it. I saw the yam. I mean, but like now, nah, normally it ain't like that, but it was like an exceptional occasion this time. I was like, oh, ah, oh okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So you you'll see if you run it back or go screen. I should I was gonna screenshot that, but uh, but anyway, so you know Tony's in here <laughs> and Georgie, George, oh, poor poor Georgie, man, Georgie, this dude. How did he? How did he get a job? Cause somebody nephew got to be somebody. Nephew. Ah, they looking out. Yeah, you're right. They probably looking after somebody and gain something again or something like that. Yeah. So the merchandise is DVD players, right? Yeah, Blu-ray actually. Blu-ray. Yeah, okay. Because they were talking about how it wasn't that many titles on Blu-ray yet, and how it sounds better on Blu-ray. 
And he was like, yeah, I fucking want to listen to Men in Black on a Friday night. <laughs> Great fucking lines. The, man, the, man. Yo, there's some funny racist moments, yeah. man. We're going to definitely talk about that. Like, But Tony, so Brendan, ah, man, this dude. How do you pinpoint Tony's hate for Brendan? What do you think it is? Well, we, well, because we, we, so I'm riding off of my nephew's marriage. So Christopher is not in yet. He's a Wait, friend. What? Of, You're riding off of your nephew's marriage. What do you mean? I'm saying like how he, how, his hate for Brendan. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm riding off my nephew's marriage. So this is my nephew's man's Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. But my nephew is effing up crazy. And he's really pissing me off with the moves he's making when I'm trying to get him in position so that he can be made. And then you have this guy with you. He's a drug head and he's even wilder than you are. I can't vouch for him. He's not blood. So dude keeps doing things, but he's speaking up like he's. You know what I mean? Like he has some kind of rep entitlement, entitlement where you have no connections to the mob. I mean, according to what we know here, you're just Italian. Really. He was expandable. We'll find out that later that he was an expandable piece on the chessboard. So just, I think yeah. so. I just think that he him. He don't have enough merit in Tony's eyes and he's he's uh, showcasing himself in a certain way that Tony clearly knows. It's like, see, this is what's wrong with the mob today. Like generational yeah generation talk too much you do drugs like you don't take this shit serious like i don't mm -hmm. even want you around really mm -hmm. but i'm sure the previous generation looked at tony that way but yeah I, I think it's the drug thing and the generational just gap um from now so so, so tony now what was this scene what was this <laughs> what was this between tony and christopher where t tony grabbed a little the tussle that was funny that was well, like, what is this dude's problem? Like, this is really uncle nephew moment because he yeah, really like a real family <laughs> moment, right? Yeah, I'm like, bro, because and this is, oh, man, I just, I just love these things because it's so human. Like, Tony would be mad and disappointed, but I'm still gonna get mine out of this. Like, no matter what it is, I am gonna get mine. Like, this is mob mentality in this show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, I gain something every time. So Tony, you know, he gets the DVD player. He, you know, he puts it in. He's looking at, he looks at Brendan crazy like, yeah, all right. Uh, he gets back into the bottom being. He gets, a, he, he calls his mom and here's where things pick up. <laughs> his mom, yeah, calls in on the, uh, whatchamacallit. Well, yeah, but excuse me, he calls his mom. Go ahead. Which is so random to be in a strip, in your home, in, in one of your, the, the family's clubs, Silvio. And be saying, oh, I got to call my mom, which we know this is like right before cell phones. Yeah. So so it's funny that he's like, oh, I got to call my mom. And it's and it's, it's it's interesting because that's safe conversations. But when it ain't safe conversations, they'll go to a pay phone, which we see that later on. So I think that that pay that's something for us to as a viewer to pick up on. It's like, oh, it's a little more something serious about to happen or something serious is happening. He's going to the pay phone. Some ain't yeah. that serious. He's gonna call from here, or he call from the house phone, or or whatnot. So, you want to yeah. break down this scene right here with 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 the phone call between him and and Livia. Yep. So he calls. <laughs> I just don't. I, Lydia and uh Livia. Livia, excuse me. I keep calling it. Just looking for that 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 reassurance that he always lacks from her, just trying to have a pleasant conversation. And she, oh, look who called. 
<laughs> like, God damn, I just called yesterday, you know. Right. But I think that this was just another thing that David Chase was showing us, the writers were showing us on the small to large just agitations that Tony deals with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. I got a guy in here answering the fucking phone. It can't put the call on hold. I'm waiting on an important phone call. This guy calls. You lose it. I'm talking to my moms just to shoot the shit, say, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. She's fucking complaining. She's not paying attention there. Her house is on fire. I'm trying to get the police out there. I get Carmela on the phone. Carmela, excuse me, on the phone. In the midst of that pussy and that Polly come up, they can't do shit right like I asked mm-hmm. them to do. You just see it all just falling down in on tony yeah and like i said the mundaneness of it we see it build up through the episode the fire and the mushrooms catching on fire kind of gives credence to that yeah. kind of a, a cliche to it but yeah. I, that's it like we we see it going up in smoke we see yes yeah. his, his his good attitude his happiness going up in smoke yeah. literally so it's it's always something that pulls him back in to have to go to therapy like he was convinced that he didn't have to go, but something would come up again and he needed he that felt outlet. Better, right. He felt better and he needed that outlet. But there's a part where she's looking out the window and she looks at the male lady. It's a black lady. <laughs> what is she doing? What is she doing? She's delivering mail. But it's okay, funny right. how they shoot it because it looks like she's having the the black male lady's having a hard time. So yeah. they're trying to paint it like she could be doing something because she's black. Cause the way it looked like she was like struggling to get she was trying Between, to open the door and leave the package. In yeah, the like and she's like, "What is she doing?" And so, I think that's funny. And and we'll, we'll funny talk thing about, too. Yeah, he calls Carmela. She's just I'm middle of the day. I'm just reading the magazine, painting my nails. Everything is great in my life. I'm reaping the benefits of Tony being out here. Like yeah, this. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and and so she she's really living that suburban life, dude. Like yep super suburban super privileged you good really like you a housewife that's your job which i feel like plays an important part with the mob like it does that we need you to do that because i i'm at these guys are not good fathers like let's be very clear here like that yeah. and i'm not saying that's how it is in the real mafia but in this show like these guys are not really good fathers mm-hmm. uh you know but you know but what i can appreciate <laughs> is that i think they do try they just they just ain't got it you know what i mean yeah, they like, do what they know they do what they, they do what they know and maybe that was their experience you know what i'm saying but uh so as as tony's get he calls carmella hangs up as he's getting ready to walk out big p and uh paulie uh you know they, they stop him say hey you got a plate number so from this point on they're, they're getting they're getting this situated and they're ready to make a play now i wanted to speak back to this about the whole mob mentality is at any any means necessary, I'm going to gain something from this situation. So I look at it right here, Big P, you know what I'm saying? Him trying to, you know, I can gain Tony's favor. You know, Paulie, I'm, I could gain it too. You know what I mean? I, maybe Jackie, you know, I feel like they always do these things because they knew this is not really that important. It's literally a civilian vehicle, you know what I'm saying, that got stolen. Y'all don't make any money from this. So if they're not making any money from this, they got to be getting gaining something like I feel like they don't do anything without gain like that. That's just how I feel like every time I watch it and even watching more and we'll talk about it like in and, and and people whoever are listening, you're welcome to, you know, chime in, leave a comment or 
hit us on IG if y'all feel differently about anything that we're speaking about. But I do think that everything they do is for a gain. So, yeah, that's but, his mentality. That they, yeah. That's their way of life. I have to figure out the edge. What's my edge? What's my angle? Yeah. Thanks. Carmella comes over to see Livia and they're having a conversation. And do you think Carmella was serious when she sent an invitation to Livia saying, hey, why don't you just come stay Hell with us? Hell no. She knew <laughs> damn well she didn't want Livia to say that. Tony kind of talked about that in Melfi's office. Like, I can't. Carmella wouldn't want my mom to come stay with me. But I think that's normal. Like, even mm-hmm. like men, we as men, we love our mothers. So we would want to do anything for them. However, your wife, that's not her mother. Yeah. And your mom coming to live with you is that's a lot. That is a lot. I could understand it. I love my mom to death, but I just I see where that would be a lot. But she yeah. tries to convince her too to get some help around the house. Like that would be lift the burden mm-hmm. on Tony, her, just at least have someone around here which plants a seed. Yeah. Uh I I do think that there was some truth though. Like I, I think that Tony I think Tony was leaning way too much on Carmella. Like just saying, well, she don't want her there. No, really, he I think he was pushing a lot of his feelings on the Carmella, but really he felt that way. He know how negative his mom is. He know and, and he knew that he hated her for real. Like I, by the end of this this episode, we find that out. You know what I mean? But um I think he was putting way too much on Carmella saying like she was like kind of like the only one that <laughs> didn't want to kind of I'm looking at it like I kind of think he's telling the truth. If it was yeah. up to him, he'd just let her stay with him, I feel like. I, I, I mean, think, yeah, maybe. I think maybe. it was totally on Carmella. I, totally. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think that that, that, is, that was an accurate uh an accurate point out by like uh, Tony. Like it, that would never fly. He knows Carmella. He knows that wouldn't happen, even though she'd say, yeah, like, nah, that wouldn't work. You know, you know what? And I think that in at the end concepts uh, fits here because we have to remember, too. This has been going on like we're, we're, we literally we're, we pop up as viewers in at the end. You know what I'm saying? So Tony and his relationship with his mom, just being a grown man, you know, having Meadow for the first time, having AJ. For the you know for the first time, that's crazy. <laughs> having having Meadow and then having AJ when they were kids, his mom's always been around. It's probably always been this tumultuous relationship. So we come into, you know, because eventually that relationship is about to change here as the the seeds are being sown. So I had to remember that this is not just now happening. This is how it's always been. So that's what makes me think that kind of like. Okay, he's been feeling some things. I mean, yeah, maybe he could have been like, well, it's, it's on Carmella. She's a stay-at-home wife. She could look out look out for my, you know. But I still feel like there's a part that he's not coming out and saying. But, I mean, I guess we'll we'll, we'll double back on that at a later point. So we we paying the big P in his body shop. Did you know Did you know he had a body shop? Like, I don't know. I guess this is like a little detail because everybody kind of yeah, has this. Oh, re- you know remember. What? Even later in the season, yeah. that's his wife. That's yeah. his field car. Mm. Why did I forget that? I don't. I guess I don't remember him being in it, but I do. His that was a pivotal part when his wife yep. took over the body shop. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, we just get a quick little scene. Uh, this funny dialogue with him and dude. Uh, he gives him the directions, sends him off to the the Sopranos world of Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I really like this scene. I, I Paulie. So Paulie and Big P, they go to the coffee shop. They're investig- doing a lightweight investigation. 
you know, Big P keeping it cool. Like, and we, man, damn, I'm trying not to spoil something. Never mind. I, I, I don't want to spoil it too crazy, but uh, but they do an investigation trying to find out who this person is that stole the car, and they do it real slick too. But Paulie is so appalled. He is so appalled, and I wanted to talk about this theme too, because Paulie goes on he, here, and then he he goes a little further on the on when they come back to the coffee shop later. But this whole thing of the Italians coming up with some of these things that now America's profiting off of, and he don't feel like they deserve it. And it's funny because we are black people, and we can <laughs> relate to that so strong. When you getting upset, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's us." Like that. Yeah. That. That's. That's why I feel like the Italians and the black, like the, the similarities is yeah, it's crazy to me, dude. Like, but I did. That was an interesting scene. The dialogue was interesting, as you say. Also, what I picked up too. Because you're 100% right. Another element of just how in the outside world that these guys are dinosaurs. Like stuff is just consistently passing them by. Like they're trying to go here and and ask questions and, and connect the dots when there's so many other stores. And, and they're just they seem just so out of their element in mm -hmm. civilian settings. Like they're never really comfortable. They kind of stick out like sore thumbs every time they're around civilians. And again, great dialogue, like you said, by Paulie talking about and really kind of feeling salty about how the Italian culture was stolen, talking mm -hmm. about espressos and the different coffees and things yeah. of that nature. And Pussy really doesn't give a fuck. He's on a mission, nah. like you said, trying to find the car, mm -hmm. trying to gain some favor for Tony, going extremely hard at this for some reason, like you said. Yeah, yeah to gain. But, you know, it, it was weird to me. I'm like, he was like, do you just got regular coffee? And she was like, nah, we got uh, yeah. Cafe Du Jour. It's New Zealand pea berry. I'm like, what do you, I was, I don't know why to see that part of it just made me mad. Like, ugh. <laughs> like your fine. nose is all up in the air. Like you don't have regular coffee, dude. But, but Big P, he can get an espresso. I'm like, man, get out of here, dude. Like, I don't know why that peeved me when I watched it. I'm like, get out of here, man. Like, ain't got no regular coffee. That's but anyway, funny. he he. Uh, so you know they go into it, and the, the second scene's even funnier. But we ain't there yet. But uh, yeah, it, you know, Big P ain't tripping about nothing. Paulie's going in on it, and then we pan to uh, our first therapy scene of this episode. Back in Melfi's office. Back in Melfi's office. So <laughs> this is when Tony starts to tell uh, tell Melfi about the woman that's about to start or is at this moment working with uh, his mother. So this is, sorry, my bad. This is why I'm trying to come back here. Hmm. Sorry, I'm trying to, okay. All right. I'll make sure I wasn't missing that. I'll chop okay. all this anyway. But so that's all. He he basically tells her about this uh, Tr Trinidadian woman that's working with his mom, and he said he felt guilty or whatnot. And then we pan to Tony walking to visit his mom. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Second black person <laughs> in the Soprano world here. So Tony walks in with this uh, luxurious bouquet coming to see his mom, checking on us. I think this is the first time he's seen her since the house. Well, not house fire, but the 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 kitchen Mushroom, fire, yeah. the mushrooms on fire. And so he comes in and he tells this black woman, hey, no ganja. no ganja. Okay. That's funny. 
Bro. Do, do these moments not do that make you cringe or do that make you laugh? No, nah, it don't make me cringe. It, what it does is so if, for me, it's like I know what they're going for. Like right. I know it, they're going for these guys are ignorant. Like you said, with civilians, they're ignorant with they're definitely ignorant with other ethnicities, cultures, yeah. other cultures, you know, so but I get what they were doing. They're trying to like a, a kind of a lowbrow joke there but just to speak to his ignorance. Like the first thing you think about a black lady, black person is gone smoking weed. Like, yeah, I just think that one thing about the Sopranos, they don't write most of the black character. They never they haven't wrote the black characters that that great. And so we see that they put a lot of focus on that in many Saints of Newark. They tried to kind of, I feel like, rewrite a little bit of that. So my problem here is just that I like I like when they're racist because it's true. I feel like it's true to life with, with the mob and Italians and Moolies and, you know, all that that they be saying. But I just feel like where they're trying to land the joke, I'm like, y'all don't know black people enough to kind of kind of punch it better. Like, it wasn't a good punch because there's a, a later well, I think scene. That's right, though. Like, right. I, I think to me that comes off as authentic as because probably the people writing it were white and yeah. the, that whole writer's room. So it, it lands like a white person wrote it, like what you're saying. It doesn't feel like we didn't have any input on it. I think that's part of what makes it funny to me. Like I, okay. all of these scenes throughout this, like with the black people is like a laugh out loud moment. Like there's several <laughs> LOLs with the black people here, but I think the, not to be too heavily critical of it and put on a, such a serious coat yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I do think that where we are, like you keep saying, we're in this world. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with their perceptions of black people. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect to get accurate representation from any character. And that's just me. But I just wouldn't expect to get an accurate representation. I would expect them to be these off the wall dicks like the marijuana and like we'll see later on with the other black people. The doctor, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me that much. I, that's my yeah. expectation. And actually, it's it's humorous to me. No, I I, I laugh at the racist like the racist stuff. Is, I, I I used to work with a dude. and I like good racist jokes. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like that. Like I'm not bothered if you can get creative enough with it. Like on a yeah. black uh, racist joke, I'm here for it. Like I, I I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that like, same lane. Me and my guy Jay Hove always like we kind of <laughs> got that same sense of humor with that 100. So yeah, I, I just was saying that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. If you if you frame it that way, it, it makes sense. So, yes. uh, but yeah, he you know another stereotype they try to put in there is the black lady singing. <laughs> so random because she mean mugs Tony and then she goes put the co and puts the bouquet up and then and then she just starts singing and and you know there's this weird thing because sometimes I don't feel like Tony's that racist dude like I just feel like if he can't he can't gain something from you then he just looks down on you and you just happen to be black like I almost feel that way sometimes I'm like we see later when he operates with other black people or other you know ethnicities or you know, even the the Sicilian Italians that over, you know, commendatory. Like, I feel like if he can't gain from you, he just looked down on you like that. Like, that's how I feel. Like the police officers. Uh, I agree whoever, with that. Whoever. I think he's still right. He racist, though. I, 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 I do. I just don't think he's <laughs> as racist as like, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Um, so the, anything the big else part about this scene? Yeah. Junior had called Lydia. 
ready angry. Livia. Livia, Angry about, you know, what happened with Chris, too. That was a big thing. And he wanted to sit down. Yes. So then we immediately, this is great. This is the first reveal of the acting boss at the moment. And I had some questions for you, too. So I like, so they're having this meeting right outside of Saxtry House, but it's always interesting because they always shoot it a weird way. You ever notice that? They shoot mm-hmm. it from this like down panning up angle, mm-hmm. but I love it every Some time that they film school shit. Yeah, like yeah, being fancy. I, but I always love how they shoot it. They shoot, like in the first episode when Chris was on the side and they were sitting outside. They had that weird angle. Like I don't know, I don't know what it's called, but it's like when they're at Saxtry, outside of Saxtry House, they always shoot it that way. So it it's very interesting that they're having this 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 mob meeting right now to you know get things you know justify for what happened how should uncle junior feel even though we see him feeling here how do you think he he should feel at this moment like what what's right what would be the rightful punishment for this situation i think he's right in requesting the money um doing he was doing a little much going after christopher what he's forgotten is you got to get your nut this is what we do so chris got to find a way in you can't just completely have him blocked off which is what tony was saying like bro in so many words, it's like, okay, he made a mistake. We'll pay you. Like, I'm going to pay you for him. You know, this is my guy. It won't happen again. I won't make this mistake again. So, yeah, I don't think in this scenario exactly that Junior was being an old fart like he usually is. I think he has good merit here. Mm-hmm. You know, and Junior, like, even when they uh, Tony said done and done, he was here for the deal. He was here for all that. I still think he wasn't satisfied because – <laughs> Tony he feel is like he's being disrespected and he feel like that uh, Jackie was catering to Tony yeah, like, like, I, yeah. I feel like jo- Junior's dislike for Christopher is similar to Tony's dislike for Brendan he looks at uh, he looks at him in the same way like he ain't really sold on Christopher mm-hmm. he would look at him just like Tony is looking at Brendan and he thinks that it's a bigger mistake than what it is. Like Christopher's a waste anyway. Let's just go on and for fucking with me. I want to show how strong I am and, and do something more extreme. Mm-hmm. However, cooler heads prevail. Like Tony is trying to make him realize you guys start talking about his Jackie starts talking about his cancer. They understand life is, you know, not that serious per se. So mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, makes the offer for the money and Junior lets it ride. I feel like I feel yeah. like that's a realistic no, it, no, it, it was because I mean, but I just think that you know Tony. Now that Tony kind of one up them twice because the first episode where he made them switch locations to whack Lil P. So you know what I'm saying like I feel like Tony keeps asserting himself as I'm in control here, right here. It's like I'm more powerful than you. I'm are. more powerful than you. It's like oh, well, you, I think you should. You know, you need this this amount of money and this deal and we're done, done. You know what I mean? Like that quick. So that's why Uncle Junior, I feel like his face, he still looked like he wasn't really satisfied with it. And then Jackie, we get we get revealed here that Jackie's the acting boss. But it's almost like Tony's the acting, acting boss. Because yeah, Jackie got canceled. Yeah, because I, I looked up the chart for the, I think it's the five families, but I looked up the chart in the Soprano world and I think it was what is it, Eckley or Echo or Soprano or something like that? But I think they they speak about that later, which was Junior's brother. So I, that's the chart I seen. So, but I didn't know where he was or if he was even in 
Because I was like, well, if Jackie's acting boss, who who's above him? I just really wanted to know that, but I I didn't I didn't quite get that answer. So if y'all listening, man, y'all know who that who the original boss was of this family. Y'all shoot shoot us an email, man, or, or hit us on Instagram, man. But but yeah, Jackie, he's saying maybe I should name a successor. And Tony, he downplays it like a mug. Do you think Tony really wanted that though? Like, uh, at that moment, or you think he was just like whatever, like. Eckley DeMaio here. That's the guy. Oh, okay, not Soprano DeMaio, yeah. yeah. The DeMaio family, yeah. Yep. So he took over. The Sopranos didn't run Jersey until it was Tony's turn and, and Junior per se. Um, you asked me, did I think what? No, I'm sorry. So Jackie says I should I, I really sit with all this cancer stuff. Oh, man, I, name someone I should name some successor. And Tony's like, shoot, yeah, go ahead, give up the job. He said, shoot, it, who wants it anyway? And then there's this pause. For Uncle Junior, kind of like trying to downplay it too, but I, I want it. Yeah, which is I feel kinda... like that. <laughs> Tony's smart. He knows the landscape. He knows the big guy always. You know, usually it's the person that's being looked at and gets caught. So I think that he's playing it that way sincerely. I think he sincerely like looks at it like, bro, I, I could be in this position right here, not even be officially named, and still get my nut. I don't have to be the boss per se. Okay. So, I guess we do kind of see that later, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, man. He yeah. So he it, and he hugs. They hug it out, and Tony go about his business because Tony's already operating like a boss. Like I, that's what I love off Rip. He already operate like he's. I got things to do. Like I, I look, Unc June. I, I got you, Jackie. I understand. Let's hug it out. You need the cash, but I got things to do. And this is just another day in Tony's life. Like yeah, so. That's what we do. And it's like I, my stress level and I'm I'm passing out and having attacks. This is the least of my concerns. Let's get this squashed because this is what I do. This yep. is what I'm I do. I'm in my zone when I do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but here's a funny scene that, that's connected. Mikey Palmisi. Oh, my gosh. This man. <laughs> so he asked him. He's like, hey. He said, uh. What uh, he said? Where's the boy? What boy is that? The one you're sleeping with? <laughs> that's a funny scene. Like, why is he going so hard on Mikey? Like, it. it he don't respect Mikey. Like, he's his uncle driver, right? Like, yeah, you, you really yeah. like. I mean, this he's is like his number same, two, though, right? Like, essentially. But I mean, he don't even look like. So we see this play out throughout, even with Bobby. Like, it wasn't this disrespectful, but it mm-hmm. wasn't no respect. Because, I mean, you working for Junior. I feel like Tony feels like if you was a, one of those dudes, then you would be over here with me. Yeah. But you over there with Junior, so like, you like, you like, you're not, you're nothing. And he kind of treats Mikey like this. Mm-hmm. And plus, Mikey kind of looks at Tony like, ah, you spoiled, you, you got the name, and they gave you everything. Because Junior's in his ear about it, too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, you see that tension build up throughout the seasons. But right then, like you said, in that initial meeting, you kind of do wonder, like, what's why these guys so, as they call it, breaking each other's balls so much? Yeah, fuck fake Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that was a good scene though. I like Mikey. Yeah, and maybe Tony know he can't he can't be touched. He's a made he's a made made guy. Like I don't he know Mikey. if no Tony, mm-hmm. they ain't talking really talking any kind of way. I don't know if Mikey is. That's a good yeah, question. yeah. Tony is overranking Mikey. Yeah, so he's a, he's made, so you can't touch a made guy. So yeah, I, I think Mikey is too, though. Mikey that's what I'm interested. I'm I'm looked that up for the I next episode. Okay, yeah, he seemed he like he was, but Mikey, we'll see later. But Mikey was actually low key one of the flyest guys in here. 
Yeah, Mike Mikey, was, yeah, Mikey one of the sh- had that shit on. Yeah, he had that I, shit on. Yeah, he saying. definitely did. He got the chain on with the, you know, I yeah. was like, yeah, he he was he was a fly. He was one a fly of the better dude. dressed dudes. Uh, so we get uh, another scene with the duo here. It's it's so interesting to me because you see later on kind of like how they pair people. Uh, you see Paulie and Chris have everlasting storylines crossing paths. But before that, it was this. You know what I mean? Which I, I still think that the Chris Paulie is better, but I mean they had more time to develop it. But right here, I'm here for it. I'm on I'm on this ride and and so they're back here again and they, you know, uh Big P tell them basically we got an address and stuff. But Paulie is staring at the what is these little teapot uh heater Espresso thing? Micros, yeah, like Express. pressed coffee makers. Okay. This man, like he's staring the whole. He is really mad, bro. Like he's looking at the shelf, mad in the mud. Like that, y'all got the nerve to be selling this, and y'all know we did this. And so he he takes it into his own hands again. I gotta gain something. I'm taking this. If I, I we can't get back from what y'all took from the Italians, I'm at least taking this expression. Like they take stuff, they don't even have no use for it. They might be like, oh, I can give it to Ma, or I can give it to you know. Again, it's all about the gain in this world, man. So yeah, that, I think that's what yeah they 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 really hammer it home that we always looking for an angle one hundred percent. But I, I just oh I think but I and you probably hear me it might get repetitive at moments but I do think that it's it's always interesting because it's like okay they grab this what what can they gain from this because it's I'm always looking at like what what would the angle be if I was in this world and I'm like okay I could take this get this to so and so I can do this so that that's the reason I'm always kind of stopping and pausing uh, for those moments. Um, so we get a quick little scene here <laughs> and Carmela walks up to Livia's house and as she walks up in the fence gate is open lady. the black lady walks out and she's like I can't take it no more I can't take it I oh man bro I had enough my what is, where'd your imagination go when she was like that frustrated like do you think it was the racial stuff or you think it was yeah, the it's probably a combination of race oh, okay. and the it's negative negative nagging you didn't do this right just it probably was a combination of that that's yeah that, that was good humor to add to the world her dipping out of there like that and then she's and like I, oh you, I, you know lydia was purposely doing that yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy <laughs> <laughs> We go. We gonna find. We gonna find another name for it. Cause you. <laughs> I'm just well, doing it purposely. All right. Well, we go. We should, yeah, and, she, and, and, and we know she's earners. purposely doing it. Yeah. So we uh, in this world. She'll be Lydia in our world. Now, nah, but uh, so she was like, "Well, what you know? What happened? Oh, these blacks. <laughs> you know how they are. Yeah. I was like, yep. So you know, it was funny, but yeah, these blacks. But she really did her thing as far as the acting goes. Like. I think her name's Nancy Marshawn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong. Y'all could correct me. We, it, it, so that that was just a quick little visiting thing, just checking in. You know, Carmella being a good wife, got nothing but time on her hand. Just going to check in, see what's going on with Ma. That was pretty much it. She finds out. And they, they only gave us that scene just to show us that, again, they're pushing towards the retirement home here. So that's the reason we're seeing that scene is because they're, they're pushing to show us, like, okay, she can't really – I mean, we're going to get another scene that, that pretty much – uh, puts the nail in the casket that she can't live on her own. So, right. but, but we get a quick little scene. Uh, Tony taking his medication in the bathroom. Do you know why they gave us that sh- scene? It was such a short scene. It didn't even have words. I don't believe. They, we just Wait, seen him. So we know that he was taking that Prozac to feel better, and I think that that was showing us, like I spoke to in the synopsis, and keep speaking to in the um, 
episode, like his kind of being at the top of his game and happy and dancing and mm-hmm. singing at the beginning of the episode. Now we at the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. So he's taking a Prozac, but he looks a little disheveled. He looks <laughs> a little frustrated. We seen stuff that's been happening to him. So I think they just threw that in there to show us that maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't the Prozac. Maybe he was just enjoying life at that moment, but he's still yeah. on it. You know, and I'm actually looking at the time sequence. I think that might be right in the middle. Right in the middle, right? Of the episode. So mm-hmm. it, I think that lines right up to what well, you're saying. This is the middle. This is the transition yeah. from where it all goes. Still taking the meds, like really looking bad. at the bottle, like, damn, is this shit working? <laughs> right. I'm going to therapy now. I'm do- So mm-hmm. I think that's literally the middle because that puts it at about the 25, 24-ish yep. marker. I think the episode's 49 uh, minutes long and it's actually one of the shorter soprano episodes which is very interesting because they didn't have one time uh like time frame or time slot it just it varied which i never seen that before this might be the first and only show i've seen seen like that have you seen anything else like that thrones you do that sometimes thrones do that hmm Depends. I think it's HBO thing. Some of them would be yeah. well. I may, I'm, I think I may have seen like a like a hour thirty on Thrones before, like on yeah. yeah. Some of them would be fifty eight minutes, be fifty six, fifty four, forty eight, something like that. But yeah, within mm. that forty eight minute to fifty two minute mark. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah. Now. So after Tony takes his meds, we see uh. Tony immediately, he he goes to the back. Christopher and Brendan, they got to get checked. He got to pay your tribute. Yeah, you got to. But Chris is going on this thing about when I killed that guy on the first episode, I should have been made then and there. It's so crazy because people really are like this outside of the mob. Like people really just start demanding their positioning and you got to put the work in. But then you feel you have put in enough work. When they know when you've put it, and I, I get it at times because I've been that young guy, and so I, I understand some of Chris's gripes, but I almost wonder how long has he been grinding before that, before this has come? You know what I'm saying? Like, because he's obviously on the journey to be made, but like at some point he got a little more serious, and we're going to even see in this episode, how long has he been grinding up until this point for him to be demanding to Tony, who's pretty much like the acting, acting boss? say hey i should have been made you only get you only really getting to talk like that because that's your uncle for real yeah like which is crazy yeah he definitely had a sense of entitlement in this scene and brendan's entitlement 100 we see being <sighs> spoken to as well but yeah I, I mean they don't give us a clear picture but we do see due to chrissy's frustrations and the laundry list of things he feels like that he's done that he feels like that he should be a made guy by now we can kind of see his frustrations boiling over and probably brendan being in his ear telling him that because that's going to take brendan like it's perfect to what you say to us where everybody's trying to get something or get an angle Mm -hmm. brendan's angle and telling chrissy that if he's a made guy and i'm hanging with a made guy i'm one step closer to being a made guy Mm -hmm. which i think is the main root of christopher's frustration is brendan telling him what he should have like you said, in the world, we see that today. You got somebody in someone's ear. Oh, man, you deserve this, man. You deserve that. Like, mm-hmm. And he's running with it. And Tony kind of puts him in his place and lets him know, like, bro, y'all you know how much work that I did. Yeah. And we see it as he literally goes DJ Jazzy Jeff on Brendan and throws him <laughs> out of the room. Ah! 
Oh, uh, facts. <laughs> One of the big things. Did you did you peep that Tony put the tax on on Chris too? He definitely taxed him. Like it, it, that speaks to what you're saying. Like no one is absolved as no. far as you got to pay what you owe, and I'm looking for an angle. Because mm. even when Jackie names that price, Tony immediately goes up five. I don't know if Chris got it or what. Yeah. But for my fucking convenience, having to have a sit down and take time <laughs> out of my day, I'm adding on it too. You got to oh, pay him. You got to pay me. Yeah. I love that. And it's very subtle. It's like really yes. subtle because you yes. see him throw the money in his jacket pocket and he just changed the number on it. Yeah. And then Chris goes out and said he probably took his piece too. Absolutely. Nigga, that's yeah. how this goes. He know how it goes. You know, yeah. like, but you know, it's so crazy because I think that it's not even so much about the, the money. I'm going to use the quote from nah, Payton this Ford. is what This is this, it. This, this is, is the part hustle. of the job. Yeah, I love the do. hustle. How like could that. I not take something like you put yourself in a position where hey, I, I got to have it, boss. Yeah. Like I, if you don't I, get yeah. it, you shouldn't be a part of this thing. Almost. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I just think that they love the hustle. Like these guys are rich; they can settle down. But they love, yeah. They 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 love their job. <laughs> like right. in the, the NBA's quote: "I I love this game. Like that yes. that is the Sopranos. That is the mob. They love every angle." But a couple of things. Um, Brendan was uh, definitely out of place speaking about an acting boss. He was way out of place talking about Jackie and his cancer. Like you ain't nowhere. And then. I think a pivotal line that Tony says is he says, well, Christopher, your reputation is known for being immature, yep. which I think was a profound statement that Christopher sat on later in the episode because he's like, man, I should have been made then and there. And that's when he hits him with that. But I definitely think Tony was uh, did the right thing because I was I was even mad. Like, I, I don't know if I hadn't caught that the first two times I watched the series. But man, when he when he said that, boy, I was mad. I was like, whoa, Brandon. Yeah, yeah I did, that would that was the they're in this being in this world trying to show us what everybody else sees, the people that don't like him. Because like we said, it really that's why I asked earlier, like, did you pick up on why maybe he didn't like him? But as you said, we see in this scene really kind of sums it up in total and some of the other scenes with Chris, how entitled little asshole this guy is. Oh yeah. So Chris says we'll be lucky to make five hundred dollars. It's like, dang. Now, and most a, importantly, yeah, don't fuck with Uncle Junior shit again. Yeah, do you think that that moved him further along though? Like in in his pursuit of being made. Yeah, because okay. he did the right, like Tony said, like the boss made an order of you. Like you don't go outside of this and piss your pants and oh, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Do what the fuck we telling you to do. You wait your fucking turn. Be patient, and you'll get what's coming to you. Mm. Like, Act like you get it. Okay. And Christopher, for a moment, he pays the tribute. He sits out on, as we'll get to it, he's acting like he gets it. That moves him up until mm-hmm. Brendan tries to drag him back down. Mm. Yeah, I think it does. And it shows that he can, you know, he can get creative. Can take he direction. Can, he, so he can't, he, he, if he needs to body somebody, yeah. we've seen that in the first episode. If he needs to be a good earner, he can earn, even though he's going for the wrong person yeah. or place to get the get the earnings. But he shows a, that he can earn. A good thing that you brought up right there with Brendan saying that about the boss. This whole thing doesn't work without chain of command. Like you yeah. got to respect the chain of command. I don't know if you're a wire fan or not, Mo, mm. but that was a big thing in a wire chain of command, not going outside that chain of command, making sure you talk to the right people before you did something crazy. 
here also we show that chain of command. It's the reason that Brendan is looked that way. Like you're not supposed to speak about the boss that way. Mm-hmm. Chrissy slowly, though he doesn't like it, starts to understand and realize the chain of command, mm-hmm. which moves him up, like you said, in that quest to be made. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And I and I agree. You know, that that's that was Phil Leotardo's issue. <laughs> and I command. can't I, boy, I can't wait yeah. till we get there. That was John, uh, John Johnny Sack issue too. That was Johnny Sack issue yeah. as well. Yeah, like I, you always have these old school cats that remind you of how it used to be, and I think that's where the respect factor comes in. But th- these are uh, later characters that have, that have yet yep. to be revealed to this thing. So we get uh, we get Paulie and Big P, and they go knock on the door. They finally have found the culprits who have stole Mister Miller's AJ Teacher's vehicle. Oh man. What an interesting, what a shocking! <laughs> they going for all the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, what what a shocking cameo from Mike Epps here. Mike Epps. If, if a nigga was playing Sopranos trivia, and I hadn't like recently rewatched this, even though I've watched it so many times, you would forget. It is like, did Mike Epps was he ever in the Sopranos? You would laugh and say no. Hilarious. Yeah. You you be like, when was he ever in the Sopranos? Right. Like, it's hilarious. So it's the craziest camo cameo. And by the way, Mike Epps is from my city. By the way, really? Yeah, he's from Indianapolis. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a, a hidden fact there, uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. But it's so funny just seeing him, bro. Like, and they just do it. They you know, and the dude had the nerve. Like his partner, I don't know, he was Latina. He was trying to kind of like. Be hesitant to the to Big P put the put the silencer in his mouth. It's like, yo, let me talk your language. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a little feisty. Yeah, kind of like, bro, you are bugging. Like you're going way too far. So they take them. So they take them to this auto repair body shop. So what what do you think their scheme was? Like the uh, the two gay guys. Like what do they do? Is it the 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 classic? Chop body chop and we yeah, make just some money. Stealing cars, trying to make right. money for some drugs or something. It looked like okay. They just like t- pussy told him you stole the wrong car. Okay. Yeah. So he told he told them to climb over a barbed wire fence, and he said, "One, how about we do this? One of y'all gonna stay here, and one of y'all. Did you, do you think anybody ever uh, got over the fence? Cause yeah, because to- they got the light, they got the place. Okay." Uh huh. That's what we were supposed to understand that they got the plates when they showed the car again. Yeah. yeah. So third and third black person in in this in this episode. They they really was trying to make some effort here, huh? Yeah, they were. They really did. <laughs> All right. So, uh, then we pan back to uh, the Soprano household. Tony is looking out the window and he's looking at the pool and dreaming about them damn ducks. Back to the ducks again, the mighty ducks. And Meadow calls him on and says, you still looking out for the ducks, dad? Uh, you know, he's like, you, you know, know your old, old man pretty well, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, that's cool. And she does probably know Tony the best. Like She's, she's very observant of Tony's lifestyle, even probably more so than Carmella. Well, she's like Tony. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, there, I, we talk about best come ups. Meadow is definitely in one of those. Like to me, Thanks. like we, we got Christopher way up there, and we we'll, we we'll had to have a ranking system later down the road. But Meadow is definitely one of those ones that came a long way as far as likability for me and just growth as a character. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think she's more like like him. And I can't wait till we get to the fourth episode, the most pivotal episode of the season and possibly of the series. You know, so. Uh, but 
But yeah, so this whole thing about the ducks and stuff, and Carmela's just doing her typical. I'm cooking in the kitchen, getting stuff prepared, and you know what's crazy? Like <laughs> this is so old school because I, I ain't even say old school, but like, like you, some women today, like I feel like they could be like a housewife and all that. They probably still wouldn't have food ready. Like it. it, it, it <laughs> I ain't getting into that with you, my whole night. These are jokes. These are jokes. Not hey, they, they made the ganja joke. I can't make a joke. I can. I, I, you know what though? That's what I is. prefer my own cooking. Like, oh, okay. Sometimes women get mad at you when you would rather cook. Not to say that they food wouldn't be good. Or oh, yeah. I just prefer my own cooking. But so that, that I've never I'm, even really thought about that. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just being <laughs> only child shit. I, I, nah, I feel. You. I mean, I I cook all my food too. So, but uh, you know, because oh, you, you, your family, your household is not vegan, right? You, you no, just, I'm, I'm the only I'm the only uh, vegetarian, and then interesting. She eats she eats my food though, like and she eats gotcha. you know regular, regular, but she don't eat pork though. Like yeah, yeah. so, but yeah, like yeah, that's funny. Like I, I always think about the Phil Leotardo line, uh, when he was in prison. You know that famous. He kept talking about I did, I did twenty years in prison, and he says yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted a woman. I jacked off in the tissue. Yeah, I wanted Monty Cotts. I settled yeah. for grilled cheese. Yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Like yeah, so that that's one of my favorite like you know yeah. food references. But uh, yeah, so. Not not too much going on, but Tony, this is an interesting scene because right before we get to uh, Livia driving her, her fire whip, uh, Tony just he just says that he's proud of her. He's really I feel like he's really going trying hard to be positive about his mother. He's really trying to hide the fact he hates her, dude. Like I feel like he's really trying to. He's probably doing what his dad was trying to do the entire time when they were married when he was alive. I don't think that he knows that he hates her yet. I think that Dr. Melfi is still trying to convince him that his mom is a burden to him. Cause I know earlier in uh, one of the scenes when he's talking about it, he's like, you're supposed to take care of your mother, you know, really resistant to what mm -hmm. Dr. Melfi, the lane that Dr. Melfi is trying to get him to drive. And he's really, really resistant to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure you may be correct. I just, I'm of the opinion that right here, we are still in that period where Tony doesn't see, he, he can't see the forest for the trees when it comes to his mom. Okay. Okay. I'll keep a close watch on it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe having that hot, that, that insight kind of makes it bend to that narrative, but yeah, you could be right. He, right now he's still green around the ears. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of green, Livia pulls up in the, in the green whip. What was that car, man? Was that a caddy? Like, it's my like his car was so fire, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the green, the old school. It's like old. It says of old Chevrolet, one of those '57 Chevys. It, it's funny to Bruh. me because it, it's it's just funny to me because she talks about all oh, these blacks, and then this is the car she has. <laughs> <laughs> like, this scene, on, this scene should not have been as funny as it was to me. I oh, laugh. Bruh. Every time that I've watched this, I laugh, knowing that it's gonna happen. It's just a smash, bro. The bro. way that she smashed out, fam, is just, that <laughs> no. was perfect. Oh my god, it was perfect, dude. And, and it really gets you too, because in some of the situations, you're not sure if Tony's mom is faking it or yeah. if it's really age catching up to her. This was a good job of showing us <laughs> that she is kind of like losing her shit a little bit. 
Tony is just so over it too when they're talking to Dr. Melfi about it. Well, I love this scene. Like, bro, the first two times, like I laughed. I didn't laugh this time. I but laugh every time I Bro, laugh. but th this I just laughed just now because I was looking at it, but the uh the the thing is I never noticed until this time was the first time I did it, I was like, watched the series. I was like, why she do that? Second time I watched it, I was like, damn. I said, this is where Tony gets some of that ruthlessness from. She really didn't like her friend. She ran her over. This time I watched and realized, no, she's losing her marbles. She was looking back, thinking she put the car put in reverse. reverse. Mm -hmm. That's I didn't catch that, you know, until like now I'm like, oh, so this is just another representation. And I was like, dang, but it, it was just funny the, the way the lady's lady's legs curl up. You see the old stocking socks. Like, and like she who just, hits the gas though? <laughs> and then like, dude, she had plenty of time to stop. Like if you watch that Damn. scene, it wasn't like, Oh, that, that was a great job by the writers though like you said because in the first couple of watches it, it's not evident that no. that was a, a mistake you just mm -hmm. don't you might think Lydia is just a bad person they've done such a good job of painting that narrative around her till then but like if you're really watching it like you said you can see that it's from her losing her shit yeah I mean because you know in other television shows they'll just zoom in on the gears to show you they're not in the right gear but right. this show, they don't do that. They just use they her let looking. You figure it out. Yeah, they let. Yeah, her looking back is the to represent that she thinks she changed gears. So that's just in, intelligent, high class writing and uh, performance as well. But yeah, so she's going to. Uh, we we get uh, Tony and Melfi uh, another therapy session. Uh, I did want to say to the first therapy session that was the first uh, scene of the i feel like the first scene of the infamous melfi legs like that's this is like a thing and and they've spoke about it where they used to make her skirts kind of not the right way so they used to hike up a little bit more versus the later season they finally figured out how to make it work but i had to i, I just had to shots out to shots out to that the the, the infamous uh melfi melfi legs like that's that's a thing yeah. but um so yeah he's going into it he's talking to melfi about his mother, they're going into it a little bit more. You, I noticed like, and I know that the last scene with Melfi, you notice how she's getting more and more comfortable with him. Mm -hmm. Like her, her posture, even at like the last scene that when we get to it, her clothing is so much more relaxed. Which him too. He's laid yeah. back, more casual. Yep. Mm -hmm. Facts. They're getting comfortable with each other. But they're just right at the end of the part I just want to pick out and we can just kind of pick out some pick out things to gain from it. We don't have to describe it. If y'all seen the episode, y'all know what it is. But uh, I just want to say that he, he directly rips what her quote and uses it back on his mom saying I could, she's in, they inspired. I've been inspired. And, you know, this is a retirement facility and, and, and you should you should be thankful and like this whole like thing that she said she says specifically he he has that look on his face he's looking like oh yeah okay but he's picking up game again something to gain you know what i'm saying so i just thought that was interesting that they did that a lot like here where they would directly copy and paste in their quotes so yeah he would try to regurgitate the stuff that melfi was telling him because it hit with him for me this yeah. scene uh how little concern that he had for the friend like he's like, oh yeah, my mom. Like it was just she sprained. He yeah. goes to say, oh well, yeah, we had to go to the hospital. My mom sprained her wrist. Doctor Melfi had to ask what happened to the lady that got ran over. Yeah, and then even now, he, oh, it's her hip. 
And then goes into we had to stay at the hospital for two hours. We were there at 2 a.m. Nigga, your mom just ran over somebody. Like he didn't even, he had <laughs> little to no concern about that lady, which I found hilarious. Which is weird because normally the mob guys, any civilians, if they've affected them in some kind of way, they'd be like, you know, they try to pay yeah, it off or something. So maybe, they, yeah, maybe you paid off the hospital bill, you know, something because they yeah. always normally do Fuck, stuff like that, right. you know. But he didn't give a flying for Nah, he did way. not. But because ain't nothing to gain, <laughs> right? There's nothing to gain. So uh, we get uh, Christopher and Brendan, and they're in the club, and Brendan is like. It, you kind of have more respect for Chris because of how much how hard Brendan is trying to go to get to where he's trying to get to in regards to the mob positioning. Like he's going crazy. It's like, bro, let's hit the let's hit Uncle Junior's spot again. It's like again, bro. Like, no, dog. Like, we lucky to get if we did get that five hundred dollars. He's doing too much, bro. Like Brendan was doing way too much. But do you think that's his character? You think it's the drugs? Both, a little bit of both. Like I think both. We, he's uh, definitely a protagonist in this story. He's the person who was supposed to show like one of the nuances of this world is what I look at him like. Even when you have that position of him and uh, he just comes off as a grease ball. Like yeah. is that like this is your typical grease ball? Like there's no depth mm-hmm. to him. Like he can only do what the surface level of what we think a gangster is. Okay, follow directions and and. and I think you get all of that from just a couple of scenes that he's in. It's written really well. And like you say, it does show us that Christopher isn't as much of a fuck up as maybe he's perceived to be mm-hmm. looking at him next to this real fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I, I was even looking like even in the scene, like dude, t-shirt mad wrinkled. Like, like you got the blaze on the wrinkled t-shirt. Like you ain't man. You, you look like a drug hit. You want to be a baller. You look like a nigga that do drugs. Coke. Straight, straight up. We we pan to uh, uh, Tony's at his mother's house, and he's eating this Virginia ham, but it looks like spam. <laughs> I don't know if that is spam or not, but, you know, we know that's one of the, the infamous things of, of, of The Sopranos is the eating, and, and more specifically, Tony's eating. He be milling, dog. Like, he gets to it. Uh yeah, he but, gained. And when I'm listening to that that book, he gained. He actually suffered health wise from this role. He would yeah. actually be eating that shit through the takes. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Because do people normally spit food out after the after the take or something? Um, they usually don't. I I, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. But they said that it really affected his weight in that book. But I don't know what they yeah. usually do that in film. What do they do? That's yeah, Tony. Tony is pretty small. Or uh, James Gandolfini, rest in peace. He's 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 pretty small here. Average size when it started. Yeah, pretty average. Like yeah. yeah, just an average dad bod, father figure, if you may. Uh, and uh, you know, Silvio as well. Like he was yeah. really skinny. But uh, but yeah, we just get this conversation uh, between them two. And Before Libby, that, one thing that I do. Yeah. Um, another thing about Christopher in that scene with him and Brendan that really stuck out to me when they were talking about. Chris goes over kind of the anti-sentiment that we've been seeing here of how stuff was dead and how the game wasn't like it was. Chris is kind of laying out those reasons. Guys don't even know who who to kick up to anymore. If you're not going to follow the rules, why even be in a crew? Why even be a gangster? I think that was one of the better lines of this episode as to we see Christopher's realization or revelation. Yeah. He okay. was like, why even? Well, actually, not then, but then when they were going to Jack the Trucks, you're right. This okay. is after the mom's lunch. I got a little ahead of myself. But oh, okay. That's what I was about to say. I, I thought like, he said that there. My bad. 
Oh no, you good. That's because I was like at there. He was like, man, f Tony, like yeah, straight yeah, up. You know what I'm saying? Him. But yeah, but you know, Livia, they're they're really just laying it out here to show us how bad she is mentally. Like we don't know exactly what the problem is, but she keeps giving away things, and and this is an issue to Tony because she's always focusing on death. He don't he don't really even understand what's going on. Really, none That's of us dementia seem like is she getting like dementia old, dealing with older people. I know my grandma went through like this, just the meanness, just just constantly talking about death and stuff. Like, yeah, I think that's a case of dementia. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, poor you. And it's it's like, oh man, she is like she would she like she would she does such a good job because i'm like super annoyed with like tony is like i'm taking on the tony expression because like it's just like look i'm trying to help you and then you keep flipping it like you're the problem it's like hold on you know what i'm saying but like you said it's it's probably dementia i i don't remember what if what they diagnosed it as i know that melfi will speak to it later like multiple personality uh type of thing uh but yeah, Tony, Tony's he heated right here. Oh, poor yeah. you. You know, so uh, 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 her, her laugh and cries so just crazy. Oh, dang, that was oh uh I don't know. Did there was this uh a moment uh before we you know, we about to wrap here, but Tony I think I don't know if he shared the story in the last session or the session at the end, but he talked about this laughing moment that they had as a family. He says, like, my dad fell down the stairs. And he said, I actually seen my mom laugh. And yeah. bro, I never caught that gym. Was that on this episode? I think, yeah, bro. It was this episode. Like, so cause we know later on, Tony falls, and we see that little like hand giggle like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I didn't realize that was like a thing until I heard. I was like, oh, the yeah, seed yeah. was sown here, just like the uh, you know, uh varsity athlete, you know what I'm saying? Like blow to my self-esteem. So uh but yeah, so here now we get to the scene where they're outside uh, and and they're having this conversation, Brendan and Christopher. What were they at anyway when they went to the club? That club anyway, and it, was that really uh, what they say, Marty? Martin Scorch. Scorch. That was him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that really was okay. Oh man, humble, humble, humble. Uh, yeah, nice little cameo. Nice little flex right there. Uh huh. Yeah, Marty. <laughs> um. So. Brendan tries to convince Christopher to hijack Uncle Junior again. He's hyped. He's amped. He's ready to go. This is what they were speaking about in the club. And so now he's like, yo, I'm ready to do it. Chris is having a change of feeling right now. He's like, I, I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't feeling it. And then we go into what you were speaking about, right, where he, he says, like, you know, we have to stick together. Why be in a crew? Why be a gangster? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not sticking together, like we're going against the codes because that's still his uncle junior. Like we're rivaling against uncle junior, but this is Tony's uncle and Tony's my uncle. Yeah. And we already been told not to. We are. Most been importantly, to. we've been told not to respect the chain of command, respect the chain of the command. And, and Tony speaks about it later on in another episode about being a good soldier. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he's I, I don't know where it resonated for him maybe he's sober maybe he's high i didn't know where it resonated for chris to play a different tune like did you pick anything up that may have because i was just like man this is different i think chris is a reflective guy uh he sees 
Well, it's just reflection. I think that he's it's, it's supposed to show us that he is, like I said, a little bit more mature than this Brendan guy. Mm-hmm. He is actually on his way up. Tony isn't wrong mm-hmm. in what he sees in Chris in that it's different from Brendan. I think this is supposed to be revealed to us there as viewers. Like okay. that, that Tony's Tony is pretty good as like he's usually never wrong in what he is in how he sees the chessboard. And here it shows that he wasn't wrong either. However, we'll still have to pay consequences for it. This is the this is the first step for Chris uh making the right making the right steps towards getting made. One yeah. of the first things he does right in in in, in, uh, in his journey here. Yeah. So we get Brendan uh and now, y'all, if y'all didn't know, we switched over to The Wire now. So this was Sopranos, but now we're watching The Wire. Young we, Bowie. We got Bowie. <laughs> I, I do look at these like they, they exist in the same universe. Really? Even though I, I know it's in Baltimore. But I, I do like look at like people going to theories and stuff. I do look at it like it's in the same universe. Mm. That's like early I 2000s, mean, right? Like what? Yeah. 2001 something? Bowie never left Baltimore. That's the only reason why, I like, just my logical mind okay. let me see that. Because you remember in the Wire season two mm-hmm. when he went to go pick up that package for Stringer. That was his first time being outside of Baltimore. The nigga didn't even know that the radio stations changed. Mm. You remember that? Oh, okay. They, they, when okay. Stringer was writing the miles down, they got lost and shit. They had to go on that detour. Mm-hmm. That was his first time ever leaving Baltimore. Okay. Yep, so. Hey man, look at look at look at the wire enthusiasts over here, man. I like yeah, it. these my two shows, absolutely. Uh, all right. So they they, they the, the robbery goes terribly. <laughs> we just gonna call him Bodie. He gets in the car, takes the guy out. When he takes the guy out, he he gets out quickly. The gun falls out of his lap. This is so black. These they the black stereotypes are so crazy right now. Yeah. But. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it because there's a lot of Italian uh, stereotypes here too. But uh, he gets out. He gets back out the truck. The gun falls out his lap, hits the ground, goes off, shoots the driver. Whoo, boy, you in hot water. You in some shit now. Oh man, I, when it, watching it this time, it was just like, man, this dude, it's over. Like, bro, you gonna die? Like, that's what I felt. Watching, I'm like, bro, you killed a driver, you hit his truck again, and you took his things. Man. Facts. Bro. Facts. Like he he all the the bad things that could have happened happened. Yeah, definitely. It, it totally wrong. Uh we pan over to them going to Green Grove and they finally signing a deal, going through it. Uh, the uh the 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 host, the lady that's running the joint, it looks like she's very confident that she can convert Livia. Uh, it too like the rest of the old people in Libya ain't saying a word. She got that, she got that boo boo face on, boy, like crazy. Like yeah. we need that face for like when you hear some cold she bars. Like, we need, be, uh, yeah, yeah we need that Libya face straight up. But so she's speaking in Spanish. I mean Spanish. She's speaking in Italian. Some phrases and Livia's not budging at all. She don't want to be there at all. But I think Tony's doing the right thing. He's solving his problems. He's yes. solving his problems. He's one less stressor the- in his world. Well, let's try. And I think that he will be happy with this, but this is never just what it is. So, uh, and you know, Carmel is doing the things she's supposed to do. It's all, it's nice. The decor, she's look at this, him, yeah. supporting, you know, just doing what they do. This is a family. This is what we do. So, uh, but the, yeah, Livia is not like, she's not going at all. Anything you right. want to add to this scene? 
it's I mean it was I don't think it was that pivotal yeah. other than telling us it's her place of you know living in business yeah. at this point. Only thing that was stuck out to me that Junior knew to find him there. Oh like, yeah, the phone you know call. She had been telling Junior what was going on, and Junior was well aware of what was going on with her being in the home. That was that was what stuck out to me. See, I didn't pick that up. That's crazy. I, I I did pick up. I was like, man, why is Uncle Junior calling from there? And then he's like blowing the phone up like not. Mm-hmm. But again, this is what I did get. Tony again. Now nah, I'll call you back. Power down Tony yeah, I don't kept to to you right now. doing this to Junior, dude. Like, ah, he said, I don't rightfully care. so though. Like, yeah. I I I get the disrespect that Junior's feeling, but like Tony is like, I'm I run North Jersey, bro. Like you. Lydia said this or whoever said this. Junior was a guy that just got passed over his position a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're just getting passed over again. It ain't my fault that you couldn't build up the the crew or have mm-hmm. the power to not be more powerful than me. So I get Tony. Like, he's trying to placate him because it's his uncle. But, like, you really overstepping, bro. Like, yeah. you old, my nigga. You washed up. Like, we can really clean you up out here. I'm just I mean, giving really, you some grace because you my uncle. And I don't think that Junior's respecting that. Junior's yeah. thinking, oh, like, you ought to respect me because Tony, like, bro, stop. Yeah, exactly. but yeah, yeah, that is a good pull though, as far as speaking to that power dynamic and how Tony keep playing it. <laughs> Man, I it's just like, dang, you know. And so, uh, and then there's a play, there's a time and a place for everything. That's that's how the mob moves. That's how Tony moves. So, uh, excuse me, uh, as we we get closer to the end here, uh, they go back to the house. It's just Tony and. Uh, Carmella and Christopher calls the house and here we go. He's starting to tell him like, Hey, look, this is what happened. You know, I think Chris knows that in a partially he's responsible. You I know, think we, yep. And we almost close to the end of the episode here. And it goes from an all via phone calls. Like we said, mm-hmm. from the beginning, Tony is dancing around singing in the middle. We see him kind of taking a Prozac wondering. Mm-hmm. And by this point, when Chris calls, it's like, God damn! What now? Yeah. What now, dude? Yeah. It's like you see that. Yeah, because I, I I just solved the problem with my mother. What now? now? Hey, what yeah. do you want? Why exactly. are you calling me at home? What do you want? Why do I have to leave my house? Come talk. Like, what is it, dude? So you see that all over Tony's face. And yeah, then so, it's yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then he, you know, and I, I always I forgot about this the burgundy sub, I think suburban. The SUV. I always forget about it because of the that caddy. Was the trap whip. Yeah, that was the original trap. Yeah, that whip. was the OG. Because when he got the caddy, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he ain't, he ain't leveled up. Yep. You know, but uh, so he meets at Barone Sanitation. <laughs> one of our, one of the, the famous locations here. He, they meet at Barone Sanitation, which is uh, Christopher is, I think he's a part of that operation. We know, we find out later on of one of their scams or whatnot. But so they pull out all of the suits. <laughs> Why did they pull out all? Why did they pull out all the suits? Like they were thinking that that Tony was going to debate if they should have the gear or not, knowing that y'all just hit Uncle Junior before. I, I this part I kind of never understood. It's like what you said. They the want everybody the got to have yeah, yeah. Everybody got to have a take and an end. Y'all already brought this shit here. We definitely finna look through it and see what's on here. Well, I guess the driver's dead already, and you know that yeah, vengeance like, yeah, is coming. They, they definitely going to get, like, you see Seal trying to shit on. It's like what you said. We got to get a taste. I don't give a fuck what happened. Like, dude, <laughs> we got to get our taste now. Ain't yeah. going to be just no packing this motherfucker back up and, and sending it out. Let's take a look at what's in here. Yeah, like, you're it's right. just, let's, you, you spoke to it all episode, 100%. It's just that that mafia mentality. Of, okay, it's here. We didn't took it. Like, let's go in and do it and then try to make it right. 
Well, yeah, because I guess at this point, it, you already wrong. Yeah, it's like when you, you know you pass your curfew. Yeah. I, mean, I might as well stay out now. I might as well stay out now. Like this, this same, for, yeah. same whooping regardless. So, yeah. all right. All right. Thanks for clearing that up for me. So, you know, mm-hmm. they uh, they they find some suits. Here's some game, game. And, you know, this is this is prime real estate for mob guys. These suits. Come on. Like, you know, Seal was getting into it, Silvio. And then, of course, he gives us the line when they every time they pull me out. they put, I mean, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. I don't know why they kept overemphasizing that. Like, was that for funny reasons? Or yeah, just like, to, to play into the stereotype. Um, oh. I like how I like in this scene though how he left Brendan hanging. Like mm-hmm. you think you think you could put in like no, nah, I'm not putting in no word for you, my nigga. Because <laughs> he was like, "What about the dick?" I told him, was like, "Shit, you're fucked." What you yeah. want me to say? And especially yeah. when Kristen told me he ain't got nothing to do with it, and we finna take some up the racks too. But yeah, I like I, I think it was a good scene. Yeah, absolutely. I. I, I I, I I just like the suit thing. Like I don't know why. I just always thought that was cool. But you know, yeah, yeah that that scene it was cool. Uh, the the guy was like, nothing else is gonna happen. Brendan was like, nothing else is gonna happen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this, dude. I swear, like, man, get out of here, dude. Like you you you, you on meth? Like too late, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we we pan over to the school. Mr. Miller he sees the car. <laughs> Here's some comic relief here. He gets the yes. car back. And. He's like, wow, thanks. You know, he, he's all happy about it. But it's funny because all the people are out here. So this is like a like a spectacle for a moment. And he's looking at the car and, you know. My dad's a hero. By my way. dad's a hero. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, but that was the guy. That was what Tony wanted. He got yeah. he, like it's it's really easy for him to get AJ throughout the series. Like he knows how to get AJ because that's like a little part of him. He knows how to correctly manipulate and move that way more than he does with. Uh, metal. Yeah, she knows him far less. I mean, far more. Yeah, and so yeah, he, you know, got that finesse off. Yeah, uh, some we com- comic relief. They def- send the wrong. Yeah, car definitely back. some comic freshly relief. painted. It yeah. ain't even his keys. It ain't the even car. The it's hilarious. He's like, I guess I can assume there's not paperwork in here either. Nah, yeah. you just gotta yeah, go on take it, brother. Today, buddy. Yeah, you want a car? You can got a car. <laughs> well, what to tell you? Bro? Hey, you know, hey, what you gonna do? What you gonna yeah. do? You know. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Tony. Uh, I believe no, this ain't the last scene. Second to last scene. Tony's in the house. Uh, he's going through a moment. He's looking at the memory. He's clearing out his mom's house. I think this scene represents like again, uh, like a, the end of an era. They grew up in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, Johnny Soprano, Livia Soprano. Uh, we'll find out about his two sisters later on. But they they grew up in there, and to him, regardless of how toxic he grew up, it's a it's a memory of how things used to be, and it, he keeps feeling this things are about to be over, and this is another one. It's like, dang, we're at the point now. My mom is moved out, and she's in a retirement home. You know what I'm saying? Like this, I can only imagine. So I started to see the emotional level because it was like heavy to him. But I was wondering, like, what triggered the attack? And then the attack wasn't as bad as it normally is because they emphasized that he was conscious when he normally falls all the way out. So I, I don't know. It was like an emotional stress versus just stress. I feel like it was an emotional stress that triggered it. Like with all this just different pressures going on, mm-hmm. uh, like the continuous pulls of him in different directions and just dealing with the mundane is like we said. What I picked from that. And I think it was a good point from that scene leading into Dr. Melfi telling him about it. Like you just quoted, uh, sad is good. It's better than unconscious. Mm-hmm. And it's showing that he's getting better. 
yeah. right? Like what, what they're doing is working the therapy and the medicine is helping because you're not losing consciousness. This is just your life, bro. Like this mm -hmm. is what, what's causing this is the things that you deal with on an everyday basis, the normal everyday stresses. This is life. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that was good for Melfi to point that out that it's getting better, but you just are dealing with life. Yeah. And he says, he said it was just a shortness of breath and white dots in my vision. Yeah. So this is not the normal ginger ale in my skull feeling he spoke about right. on the first episode. So yeah, it, it's but very interesting. Helping, right. Yeah. Therapy and medicine is helping. And I said this before, uh, earlier, but like this is the most comfortable Melfi I've ever seen her. Like she, even her posture, like she never sits this way. It's like she, ne she's sitting with such a chill. Like normally she got the classic therapy leg crawl situation. This way she has like the the number four. I don't even know what you call it, but like just this kind of chill, civilized look or whatnot. And then she don't have a suit on. She she has such a chill demeanor here, but. They kind of speak. She kind of speaks to how does he feel towards his mom? And this is where you were saying she was pushing. You hate your mother. You have resentment for your mother. And he can't he can't imagine that because that level of complexity just doesn't fit being a mob guy. You take care of your mother. You know right. what I'm saying? So it. But I think that he's really starting to consider some things like, OK, maybe I don't like her a little bit. Yeah, maybe you're pointing out some things that I never thought about. I agree with that 100%. I, and I think this is where, let me look here. I think this is where I got the the laughter thing he was talking about. Uh, what was it? Uh, when when he when he when I talked, I spoke about it earlier. Uh, about his father falling down the steps. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it may be here, or I think it's another episode. Uh, no, nah, I seen it this one, man. Because I, I, I it, 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 it. Anyway, it's not that important. Uh, I find it another time. But, but, uh, anyways, we we get all of that, you know, and we kind of leave there, and we get the last scene that back at the bottom being the Yammies is out again, and <laughs> Tony is mad. He's having his drink. He's just minding his business. But Georgie is just annoying the crap out of Tony. So he's becoming a problem for Tony when he he already has enough problems and you just being annoying and being stupid in Tony's head. Yeah. Why do I have to deal with this? That's how Tony like, why in the fuck do I have to like you are a bartender? You answer the phone every fucking day. Why do I have to deal with this, George? Mm -hmm. I feel like that. And that was the, the tipping point of the episode. We finally get to. Yeah. OK, yeah, that. Fuck it. I'm I'm going back for Tony Soprano. It doesn't matter. Falling out, unconsciousness or not. I'm that fuck it. Mm -hmm. I think we finally see that frustration spill over. And I, I yeah, it does. And I think that this is funny because David Chase is not here for any sitcom stuff. But everybody knows like Sopranos, some people can if you if you edit it a certain way, can come off like a sitcom. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this was like one of those kind of running gag sitcoms beating up Georgie all the time. Uh, I, I definitely think they went to that well probably one too many times, but I think right here it's it's fine and it's funny. And, you know, Tony was trying to mind his business. If y'all look at that scene, he kind of looked at him like, all right, man. Like, but then he just got annoyed and, you know, took it out on him. So uh, did you feel any sympathy for George right there? Nah. Yeah. At, not at I, all. I, I, that was that's a good point that you brought up one too many times because I too did not feel any sympathy for him that time. But spoiler alert, it does happen again. You start to feel more sympathetic for him. Mm -hmm. in the scenario but yeah, just you not do. time at all not here anymore, i get it 
when everything else that was going on, I get it. Like, bro, come on, man. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I'm the boss, dude. Go take that back there or something. Figure the shit out. How I about told that? you how it works. <laughs> right. How about you figure it the fuck out? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> at the end of this, at the end of our episodes on here on Good Earners, we we like to do a a, a couple of awards we want to get out and we want to rank the the episode. So the first thing we do is the Good Earner Good Earner Award. Who basically who is the MVP of this episode? This episode kind of went a lot of places. Um, now, mind you, Tony probably will be the MVP for a lot of them. Like LeBron could be MVP every year, as people always say. So Tony may be the MVP a whole lot of times here, but yeah, I'm think, always going to try to not pick Tony. Yeah, I'm gonna try to not pick Tony as well. So, um, do you have anybody as the MVP of this episode? It's Chris for me. Uh, Chris? Chris? Yeah, Chris comes to the realization when he has a great dialogue about why be a gangster, why be in a crew, uh, kind of so he separated himself from Brendan in this episode, kind of shows why Tony gives him grace, gives him favor. Mm. But for me, it's Christopher. Who did you have? Dang, that's a good one. Now did you say that? Uh, I was going to say Mr. Miller, but he didn't do nothing to gain that's a good one, though. He shit, he won. I mean, he definitely won. Like, if we want to talk about like the winner of the episode, like Mr. Miller, definitely like just by having a mob guy son in your class, you got another car. Yeah. Like, you might have less miles in there. And he better not have no D though. I do know that. Yeah, that's a I'm fact. Tony, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that on my schedule to pull up if he got it. Oh, oh man, you AJ better. ought to have A's in science from here on that's out. Facts. So I, I guess I go for the sake of. We'll just say, uh, Mr. Miller. Like I go with Mr. Miller here. Uh-huh. Uh, the broken balls, basically. Who took the biggest L in this episode? I'm gonna say the housekeeper, the the lady, <laughs> the lady having to deal with their racist asses and mm-hmm. thinking that check was gonna be nice and she could put up with those racist ass Italians, but she could not endure. She had to get out of there. Had to get okay. out of there. I can't take this no more. Fucking Mulian. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say Uncle Junior Because he keep taking L's But That's a good one I'm going to say The lady Livia ran over oh. <laughs> She took the biggest L By far dude yes. You were just trying to get in the house And you didn't like Got some serious injuries At your age So she definitely got The Broken Balls Award And then lastly We ranked this episode uh, Either it was made Which means it's untouchable it's a, good, it's a good earner Which is pretty good Or is it just another envelope which makes it a decent episode. There's no bad Soprano episode, so we don't have a bad ranking. You know, so decent, pretty good, untouchable. It was decent. Decent? Actually, it was pretty good because it sets a lot of the foundations up for some later things there. So I wouldn't say pretty good. Yeah. What uh, you I'm, I'm going to say just another envelope. I, I think this was a decent one. Um, I watched it a few times, and, and it didn't have the same pool as the first episode. Uh, I mean, of course, they was laying things out, but normally that makes it harder because you got to do more developing. But this episode, and maybe because it's 49 minutes, maybe that kind of hurt the episode. Maybe. I don't know. But I'd say it's just another just another envelope at at this point. Um, but 46 long, I believe, comes from the suit pants size or whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> do you have any favorite moments here or? My favorite scene of the episode was definitely when Lydia ran over, Livia ran over the woman <laughs> and uh, Chris's scene on why being a gangster, why being a crew kind of breaking down mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls of where the mob was in its current timeline. Yeah. 
I like that. I'll probably say the very first scene. Uh, you know. Nah, you know what? I, I like the very first scene, the cold open, but I would say uh the the whole scene of breakfast with uh uh with Carmela and Meadow and AJ and they setting up this whole storyline of the B line of them still getting the car back from Mr. Miller. So I, I always like scenes in the kitchen, him singing with her and grabbing her butt and having a whole family moment. Like, so that's probably my favorite scene of this episode. Uh, so yeah, look, we thank y'all for tuning in. This is another episode of good earners reviewing Sopranos. I am Maurice hunt. Y'all can find us on Instagram. Uh, y'all can also hit our email. That'll be in the description as well. Uh, anything else you want to say spike before we close it? absolutely not i am out forget about it forget about it forget about it